0: Patreon users get early access to episodes one week earlier than the rest of the public. However, if you're listening to this on the 20th, we hate you and we don't want you to- know. (laughs) Jay. Patreon users get early access to episodes one week before they're released on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, and many more streaming platforms. They also get access to exclusive articles written by ourselves and have the option to send us suggestions for episodes thus helping us shape the direction of the podcast
1: for less than a cup of coffee a month which we know you can afford (laughs) for less than a cup of coffee a month you can help support grow our channel and be one of the founding members of the patreon we could give you shout outs as well and we'd really appreciate if you can do that so hop on board to our exclusive community and be part of the vrp so welcome back to season two episode three of the verbal reasoning podcast Uh, today we have a very special guest in Gabby and she's a good friend and the topic today that we'll be discussing is languages and the effects that it has psychologically and uh, in our lives to -to day-to-day basis so just to give you perhaps a chance to introduce yourself Gabriela
2: yeah sure um thanks for having me today guys really good to speak to you um So I'm Gabby or Gabs as some people call me. Um, And yeah, I'm I'm really excited about today's topic because it's quite personal um, for me. I uh, am multilingual, so I speak English, Bulgarian and Spanish um, and have always been curious um, as to how, you know, these languages um, have interacted with each other, I suppose, in both uh, personally within my own mind, but also in, different situations uh throughout life so yeah really really excited to dive into that um, topic a bit more with you guys today
1: mm. and uh, so so growing up what at home um maybe we give a early phase gabriella oops <laughs> early phase Gabby. life uh explanation but for, at least for me growing up at home I didn't really speak English as my first language I, I don't know what your experience was
2: yeah yeah exactly was it Similar situation with me. So growing up, um, English wasn't the first language that I uh, learned. So my mother tongue, um, as it's called, would be Bulgarian. Um, it's the language that, you know, my sper- my parents spoke to um, to me at home, you know, to me and my, my brother. Um, and it's yeah. to this day, the language that we still interact with, right? So both with, um, uh, well, with my whole family, it is Bulgarian, that's the primary language. So um, that's what I grew up with in the house. English was only learnt um, by, you know, going to school, um, making friendships there, etc. So definitely a much uh, different, yeah, uh, um, yeah, a very different experience to what it would have been like learning English at home, you know, or having Mm -hmm. fluent English speakers um, as as parents.
1: I was just going to say, like, do you remember learning Bulgarian, like, I, I don't know for me or, or as well like maybe my background and erin's background like i grew up uh, uh talking like kind of like arabic or algerian dialect at home but i don't remember learning it like where mm. i do remember learning english if that makes sense i don't know whether it's the same experience for you guys
2: yeah 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 sure. i i can't remember you know learning Bulgarian in the same way as I did with English obviously in school especially it's quite um, structured right and, and systematic kind of learning process um, with reading, writing, listening etc but with Bulgarian it, it was quite a natural acquisition um, and I suppose it's same same that you've mentioned there Steve in your case it's obviously a lot easier and a lot more n- natural to acquire a language by speaking it in your early days um, and not you know not needing to do the same exercises right or or things like that in order to retain that
0: yeah I think uh, I spoke uh, so I'm Kurdish but I don't speak Kurdish I speak Turkish instead which is uh, there's like a whole reasoning behind that anyway which I won't get into but yeah like I, I, I've always spoken Turkish I speak Turkish at home so I don't know I don't I don't recall learning it but yeah, I do remember very specifically walking into like school for the first time, and they said they pointed at a battery and said, "What's the battery?" Um, and my idea was that if I say, if I say what the thing was in Turkish but with an English accent, then that's how you speak English. So I'd be like, "Oh, that's a pill," and they were looking at me like, "What the hell is a pill?" And I was like, "That that thing there," and that's kind of how I learned uh, English. And I really recall yeah. my first few like days in school trying to understand what people were saying um but i guess i was kind of lucky mm. because i had two older sisters who who started school before me so she had taught me like a few words in english so she mm. told me like what teddy bear is and what the general colors are and stuff like that but yeah. um mm. i do recall learning english i don't recall learning Turkish at all but i, do, but yeah, I know i I, I learned how soon. to read them Some right in ago. turkish off tv so i i know how to really off it tv yeah, because of my parents, I learned how to speak it, but the actual reading and writing, they they never taught me uh, how to read and write in Turkish. But it, Turkish TV used to have this thing where you could send in um, texts, and it would run as a subtitle at the bottom. And I used to read those, yeah, and that's yeah. how I learned. That's how I learned how to read and write in Turkish. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly enough, Aaron was sending that political text at the age of five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on, you know the way. I don't know. For me, like I had a
1: similar experience where I have a story where you know I was a kid and. I think it was like nursery and I went in and I actually had no clue on how to speak English and I remember playing with a toy and this kid tried to like take the toy away from me and I didn't know how to like respond in English so I was just like speaking to him in Arabic (laughs) but I think it sounded really aggressive because I remember the kid looking absolutely like mortified and like no one approached me in nursery at that point (laughs) until I learned English. Uh, I don't know whether you had any like early bad experiences or like maybe some challenges when you were a child um was it similar experience where you didn't know English coming in or did you kind of have a grasp beforehand?
2: Mm, Yeah good question um I to be honest because because it was such you know early days um I don't remember struggling in a sense um to yeah to get used to speaking in a different language outside the home setting. I think that's only due to the fact that it it was very early on, right? Um, And I mean, I've definitely had um, situations of like mispronunciation. That's probably the most common um, thing that has happened actually throughout my life, to be honest, not even just in the early days. Um, Yeah, uh, Yeah. which has you know been a little bit, maybe awkward, maybe embarrassing at times, but um, in school, especially when you are a kid, yeah it's it's just a little more um difficult to to take that or to see it as something normal right if you mispronounce something people are more more likely to to laugh in school etc so that's probably like the most um yeah like the worst of it that has uh yeah happened in terms of being bilingual and not um not having spoken english as the first language um basically in yeah, yeah school but obviously I mean with you guys you we we all went to the same school right and our school was I'd say pretty bilingual um yeah a lot of diverse backgrounds so I can't say that it felt you know different or weird speaking another language um when we were in school uh but it was definitely not a hidden part of um of, of me yeah during that time
0: yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Really our like... school, our school was like, hey, Hopkins nightmare. That we actually outnumbered the English people. If I'm being entirely honest with you, were yeah, like, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Three, <laughs> there was like, what? There was free, free white English kids in the year and the rest was all just different, different backgrounds. So, uh, yeah, the, our our second. It's actually especially. quite unique. Yeah, that, uh, that's quite strange. Really I don't unique, think that's, right? that's that usual.
1: No, no, no. Because I, when I speak to my friends in uni, like they're kind of shocked. Like they did, obviously they they grew up in like Middle England or whatever. Yeah, and it's totally, totally different experience. Like. We, we came, actually our experience is very very unique and obviously growing up like you don't realize how unique the experience is until you leave and they like people don't share the same thing but um yeah maybe I have some like uh some quotes from a study from the University of Pennsylvania on uh, bilinguals and uh there was a, r- a study performed which basically at the end of the day came to the conclusion that bilingual people develop a high level of cognitive control That enables them to negate the activity of two languages so it's kind of like problem solving an early phase where you 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 realize when when is one thing applicable compared to another Um, and perhaps uh, it it, it does like insinuate that uh, obviously learning is kind of accelerated if you do have the advantage of speaking bilingual languages even though obviously you might not be so fluent in English Do do you feel like it's affected you in a good way when it comes to school learning, um, acquiring a second language? Do you feel like you picked up concepts quicker or I I don't know what your opinions are?
2: Yeah. um, Yeah, no, I I like that um, idea. And yeah, I've also, you know, seen and heard quite a lot of studies that um, show, you know, learning another language at whatever stage in your life does... Uh, improve your your cognitive capability, so to speak, and, and you know, decreases the chances of cognitive decline um, later in life. So definitely super interesting how that plays. I, I can't say I'm very familiar with the science behind it too much. And actually, I'd say there's probably not that many studies around it. So I'll, I'll be speaking mostly from personal experience rather than um, anything completely factual. But I'd say even though the language that I learned first, so Bulgarian, it's a Slavic language, right? If we go back to the Um, the Indo-European and uh, Uralic language tree um, which is a graphic that I really like Um, and English and Bulgarian obviously have completely different roots English Germanic Bulgarian is Slavic and we also have actually the Cyrillic alphabet right in in Bulgarian so actually it's there's almost no similarity between the two Um, languages but funnily enough you know I guess especially because I did learn it in in you know my very early days knowing knowing a completely different language to English wasn't unhelpful um, so to speak no I'm using double negatives there but it wasn't necessarily unhelpful Uh Um, I think especially though when it came to learning other languages in school um, I noticed that I did pick things up quicker so obviously we did french in school all of us and then at one point yeah we chose what, what other language to, to um to study i, I chose yeah. Spanish in my case and yeah i mean i noticed that i was picking things up quicker than you know most other people um, whether that be due to motivation um in itself or actually the fact that i i did speak these other languages um, i think that definitely did help me um to to acquire you know a third language uh, essentially yeah, even though, yeah, they are very different the languages I speak, um, and in, in terms of their roots, um, I think it it does help. I can't say how much it, it helps with other subjects, for example, or any other, you know, skills to acquire or or whatnot. Just because I'm, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what parts. Yeah, I don't, that. I don't,
0: I don't think you become like, um, I don't know, like a science whiz just because you speak a second language or exactly. whatever, but. I, I, you know what is weird because I find learning new languages so incredibly difficult that I'm just like, I, I don't understand how I even learn English in the first place because I just, I don't, I find it so hard to pick up a new language. Like when I walked into French and they were like, oh, this is a table, but the table can be a he or a she. I was like, I can't do it. Yeah. I couldn't wrap my head. I was like, I can't do it. I'm, I'm, ju- I'm just, I'm so out of my deck fear. I learned Spanish and I spent like three years telling this kid that he has horse teeth. Because uh, that was the only phrase that I learned. Um, <laughs> you guys might remember in a minute. I'm not going to say his yeah, name, me. but yeah, yeah, he had big teeth, and he used to try. You know, he used to get onto me, so it was a, it was a two way thing. But yeah, I literally just learned like a couple insults in Spanish, and that was it. That I couldn't I couldn't learn the language. I found it so difficult. Yeah. I don't know why I found it difficult, but maybe because um, I don't know. I guess to, I guess Turkish the alphabet is relatively similar to to. English, but it's not really a similar language though. So I guess it is, it is very different. But, but like,
1: well, well, yeah, uh, is, is the roots of it similar? Because like most Latin languages seem seem like they use kind of like, you know, the he, she thing where English doesn't really do that. And in my background, my other language that I speak, we don't do that either. We don't put like, uh, a, I don't know what it's called, but like a gender to objects. So it might be like a unique things so that you're not used to. And so that these Latin languages, you might not be able to pick up quickly. At least that's my experience
0: yeah I I I mean I don't know I I just I feel like uh I don't know yeah I feel I feel like I really struggle with languages I that's something that I find I'm really like envious of people who can just pick up another language and like given my profession which is like research we I tend to like work with people from all around the world and you know there'll be this guy who speaks six Mm -hmm. languages and he's happening to one of them happens to be English and he's explaining like this really high level concept to me and I'm just like I can't believe that not only have you learned another language that isn't you know one that you necessarily use at work or at school sorry um but you've learned this language and now you're explaining not just you know oh my i live here and i want to go there but you're explaining high level scientific concepts in that language i always be, i'm very envious of people who's able to do that but i i struggle do, a lot you, with do it.
1: you find that you do you find that you understand kind of like half english if that makes sense you know when people struggle with a language and they speak like this kind of broken english that they're not sure about. I feel like I have a much bigger understanding than most people, if that makes sense. Like yeah, I can you know converse what? The, the, with someone
0: those, those guys who are talking about like, oh, I can't understand what you're saying just because the person like misses a few words out of the sentence. I really, I don't understand those people. I just feel like they're a bit xenophobic if I'm being entirely honest with you, because how can you not understand someone but do, you, do, get... do you Do you think it's not xenophobia? Like no, it's more it like they just don't it have is. the background I, I just, in I, another I, language. I, no no i i actually think if you make a slight effort i don't know maybe the, i'm speaking from a place of because i speak two languages because like half my family can only speak broken english i've maybe gotten used to it but yeah yeah i, I just feel like if you make a bit of an attempt to actually listen to the person you can understand it regardless of if the english is broken or not yeah. but I, I mean i don't know i what, what do you think Gabby?
2: Yeah, no, I think, um, to be honest, it, it obviously can be a mix of things. Ignorance is definitely, you know, something that comes to mind thinking about this. Um, I I do agree. Um, I think naturally, though, I, because I am able to understand, I, I suppose, different languages, um, I'm more receptive and actually make the effort, you know, when someone's trying to explain something, you know, you, you can read between the lines, you can fill in the gaps, right, and make sense of a situation. So... I do think it's, in in most cases, probably very unreasonable um, of people who either pretend not to understand or, or just refuse to to make an effort, basically. Um, but I do agree with you. I think, you know, you can speak to someone with gestures, right? You don't even need to, to verbalize. Um, so I think you really can get around um, a language barrier in that sense.
0: Mm. I can't remember. I, it was, I think it was uh, where we went, Napoli. Napoli? Na- yeah we were, we're naples, naples yeah it was naples naples i can't remember if you if you remember what the actual word was but we basically got off at the airport and we were speaking to this guy and he doesn't speak english and we were trying to explain where we want to go or something or like we wa- i can't remember what it was that we were trying to say but i forget in I essence, don't remember. yeah <laughs> in essence it was like imagine we were gonna say that like, we want to go to the city we spent five seconds, five minutes saying to him, look, we need to get to the city, the city, the city. We want to go to the city. And eventually he, like, he just kept saying, I don't know what you're talking about. And then eventually he went, Oh, city. And I was like, bro, it's the same fucking word. Why couldn't you just put the O at the end of the word? Like we've been saying city for the past five minutes. Like, what are you talking about? But it's like, as you said, it's about reading between the lines and hand gestures and that like, point. Cause we took out a map and we showed this guy and he still wasn't, sure what we were saying and then he (laughs) he said the same word back and i'm like how could you not figure out that it was the same word but i i guess i don't know i don't know if it's i don't want to say that that person for example was being like oh god i hate hate these tourists but yeah i don't know i'm just like surely you can put two and two together there when you know the difference between city and like like, cto do you know what i mean
2: yeah but
0: again there's like a level of problem
1: solving and uh it's not necessarily like innate in people. I've, again, from that study that I'm reading off from, so I can give you another quote. So it says that being bilingual is not only acquiring and using a second language, but about the ways in which the native or dominant first language changes in response to the second language. So essentially, we're able to piece together two languages and be like the middleman when you're bilingual. And maybe <clears throat> this is what I think like why they can't do that is because they don't have that ability or haven't got that experience of being the middleman between two languages. And so they're only on one side, although it seems obvious to us. It's not so obvious to people that don't speak two languages.
0: By the way, I was in Italy once and they spray painted uh, no immigrati on my uh, wall uh, and I immediately understood what they meant. So I don't, know, I don't know how these men are acting like I don't know <laughs> the difference between like city and city, but whatever really. it is, I'll, I'll take that as is. No,
2: um, no that, that's a really interesting point. You, you know, it actually made me think of an example I think sometimes, um, and we don't even realize this, is that sound plays such a huge part in it and um, I suppose accent in this case but I have a friend um, who who speaks Tamil basically and whenever I tried to say something in Tamil to her grandmother I think I'm saying it exactly like, you know, like, like it's meant to be said based on me repeating what I'm being told. Right. But her grandma just doesn't understand me. And, and it baffles me because, you know, I'm literally saying the the right thing, but apparently, you know, and to, to her is, it sounds quite different because there's a particular way to say something. And I feel like maybe that sometimes plays a part in, you know, what, um, other people can, um, like what are you between what you say and what people hear basically and because everyone hears it differently etc you might think you're saying it in a certain way but the other person might be receiving it quite differently so yeah no I thought that was quite interesting um basically were, were
0: you them. there were you there like no no I'm saying you're right you're just hearing it wrong or, or <laughs> what was that conversation like
2: yeah no I honestly was just confused and both kind of amazed at the same time because I was hearing it you know completely correctly but apparently it wasn't so it just it just baffled me I was thinking you know how else can I say it except in the right way (laughs) in my head
0: do you know what's so strange actually I just remember this when we were doing Spanish in school because I picked Spanish as a uh, you know the the language of choice as well when I used to say something so I hate doing accents so like you know when people say like oh I went to I know Zaragoza and they say I went to Zaragoza and they try to pronounce it correctly and I'm like I'm not doing that okay I just pronounce it with whatever my English accent is but my Spanish teacher was like no you need to try and say it with like the correct accent or else it just doesn't sound right so what I started to do was I would use my Turkish accent when speaking Spanish and she would always be like Oh, that sounds really good. That sounds correct. And I was like, isn't it strange how, like, when I say it in my Turkish accent, it sounds correct to you, but when I say That's it in so my funny. English accent, it doesn't. So I just started speaking. Like, I started acting as if I don't know English. I just speak Turkish, and I try to speak Spanish in that way. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to, that seemed to help. I don't know.
1: I think I think it helps being able to pronounce different kind kind of sounds because if you just stick to English, it's quite limited. But let's say like for like other languages, they have different vowels different kind of sounds that are used in a language that maybe isn't used in English and so it's, it allows us to be you know easier like for example when I took the French um what was it called speaking test like I, I didn't know more much more than other people but what I did is I just put on a French accent but I feel like my French accent was so convincing that they were like yeah this is a native speaker as, as opposed to someone else who just you know had the exact same lines and
0: just yeah. kind
1: of said it in a weird way.
0: To be fair, my, my aunt is from France. Uh, she's lived there for like 20 years and all of her kids were born there. And uh, Steve was speaking to my aunt and she thought he was French. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess he can he can uh, convince yeah, yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: maybe, Gabs, because I know that you travelled around, um, especially for Spanish, you went to Spain. And, you know, they say that uh, to learn a language, you really need to immerse yourself. Maybe that's part of the problem when people are trying to learn in a different environment, they're not allowed, they can't really practice it day to day. How, what was your experience like in Spain and? Hmm.
2: yeah, I think, um, I think immersion is quite um, an interesting topic. So obviously because of my experience, I do believe that you, you know, if you get the opportunity, if you can, definitely, you know, go and live in the country um, that, you know, you want to to be fluent in um, the, the language. and. I think though there's so many it honestly depends on on entirely on, on your motivations for learning I'd say um, there's a lot of articles you know on the internet on how you can immerse yourself in, in a culture without actually living in the specific country um, and I think especially with the rise in um, digitization you know technological advancements with AI and whatnot um, immersing yourself in the language now or in a culture now is completely different to what it was like you know 20 50 100 years ago um and I mean even now actually let's take the current situation um as an example we obviously can't travel abroad so immersing yourself in the language right now just means you know watching La Casa de Papel or Money Heist on on Netflix completing a
0: lesson
2: on Duolingo etc so I think it's definitely something completely different um but But, yeah like would you say
1: this is like you choose in, in this sense you're choosing to interact you're choosing to immerse where if you're in spain you don't have an option for example you go to i don't know a corner shop and you just want a drink of or a bottle of water you can't just like wing it you actually have to really try it, and that's when the difficult part comes in and due to that strain you kind of get better it's kind of forced on you whereas if you're at home you know you can be lazy you can watch these tv shows but then perhaps it won't be as quickly as uh, being immersed I, I don't know what, what do you think
2: yeah yeah no um completely agree obviously when you're studying in school or you know with with a with an actual teacher right or with the rest of your classmates it's a very it's always going to be a forced scenario um that's what i found uh, with with my experience as well when i was learning spanish so it it was always you know how hey like where is the bathroom right And, and basics like that or ordering something at a restaurant and it was never a conversation that was long enough or, or you know, was able to flow enough. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I noticed the difference between moving there, basically, um, and having to actually get documentation, you know, done with, um, you know, government um, offices, etc. Um, having to you know go to the supermarket but let's say like something's not there asking about it you know where can you get it whatnot just something that's a little bit more um realistic but just putting in your practical um yeah getting some practical understanding of, of how to use the language I think that was um that's a huge part that you just can't get if you don't live mm, in the country. You,
0: you know what that's that's interesting that you said that because like the way we're taught, especially other languages in this country, is quite funny because I was—I don't even know if this is French or Spanish, like—but I I kept thinking that I'd have to go to the bibliotheque yeah. when I, you know, when I was getting taught that's in school. Yeah, that's French. Yeah, so it's like uh, realistically, I mean why did we spend so long talking about, I'm going to go to the discotheque or the bibliotheque and this and that? Like, you know, it's not stuff that you would necessarily use when you're going to go to France. Like, I, I, you know, I'm going to France as a tourist. I'm not going to go around to the people there and be like, Oh, where's your closest library? Do you see what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I think what we're taught has to be more, Stuff that you can use from your you know day to day life, I guess. That's such um, an English mentality,
1: though, because like we <laughs> we assume that we're never gonna live abroad in Europe. We're like, nah, it's trash. We just go there on holiday.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, but you, you see, me like I, I'm the type of person that I don't like change. So um, I I know I'm not gonna live in France. you get me, but like if I knew enough yeah. just to just to get by when I go there for when I have to visit or for work, then you know that's great. But I feel like uh, the way they teach you. French in this country is not necessarily what you need to use it's just like they just teach you whatever Uh, but as Gabby said if you actually were to let's say live in Spain or live in France and you go to the shop and you need something but it's not there you know you might need a different type of terminology to be able to explain your situation which Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily what's taught which is why I guess what you said as well Steve about like immersing yourself within a within a culture in a, um, a country kind of helps you learn things that you might not otherwise learn if you're just doing it on Duolingo or just from what you've learned at school
1: yeah yeah I mean I, I wonder Gabriela, what was like the hardest part when you were there like what, what what was the biggest challenge for you actually
0: can we just give a bit of background here uh, yeah, Gabby, why were you in Spain what were yeah. you doing in Spain and can you just like t- get into that a little bit for us so so just so that our listeners understand because we know obviously but they might not know so <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, completely. Um, yeah, no, sure. So actually, um, I, yeah, the, the reason I decided to move to Spain for a year, essentially, um, was a bit, you know, to be able to um, kind of create my own gap year, for example, after university, um, the main motivation behind it, and the most important one was actually to, to learn the language, basically, um, and to, to become a fluent, confident speaker, um, to appreciate, you know, the Spanish lifestyle, etc. Um, just because I had studied the language before that, right, I made the effort to, you know, attend evening courses at university, um, took Spanish as a GCSE, etc. So I, I knew that the only way to truly, you know, uh, learn the language um, was to to actually live in the language, right. Um, so that's why I moved there. And what I was doing was um, I was a language assistant. Um, it's a British council program. So it was, um, yeah, really, uh, y- you know, I managed to secure basically a, a position in a school um, in, in the Madrid community, in the Madrid region. Um, so I was uh, basically not necessarily teaching more holding conversation classes and um, some more, you um, yeah uh advanced uh lessons with some students basically um in that
0: is so i'm sorry but that is so funny you're trying to learn the language but you're a teaching assistant that is so hilarious to me i don't know why but that just made me giggle a little bit <laughs> was so funny oh god I i some
2: english though so <laughs> yeah no
0: but how, how did you for um so can you just tell me a little bit more about that count, council thing because that sounds quite interesting if there's someone listening who might want to do it as well yeah like so you said this was like a was it a council initiative or
2: Yeah, um, it's the British Council. So they have a language assistance program every year. Um, You know, it's actually still going on. I know people who uh, moved abroad even now, like during the pandemic. So, um, yeah, I don't think it it necessarily stopped, Um, but it's super straightforward and easy. You just um, I fully recommend it if you can do it at some point in your life. Um, And it's probably more natural to do it, you know, uh, if you're studying a language at university because you get a guaranteed spot, basically. Um, I didn't. Um, so I just applied uh, normally. But still, you know, it's quite a long application process online. Um, if you just search, you know, British Council Language Assistance, you can find it. Um, but very straightforward. You um, choose, you know, the regions. Well, actually, you choose what, what country you want to go to in the first place, because there's over 30 countries worldwide that you can go to. Um, and, and, and all you need is to be a native speaker of English. You don't need any qualifications um which is why i was able to go because admittedly i i yeah i don't have any certificates to, to be able to actually teach english as a second language so
0: oh you're teaching english
2: yeah 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 I, was I thought you were
0: teaching spanish to people when you didn't oh, know uh, spanish yourself. that's oh, why i was laughing okay that makes sense i was gonna say... you teach spanish to spanish population <laughs> bro i don't know why i fooled that for a second i'm so sorry okay yeah no that makes sense so you were spe- teaching english to people in, in spain in the madrid yeah. area but you said there were 30 countries that you could pick from
2: yeah, yeah. There's 30 countries you can pick um, from. There's, you know, Latin America. A lot of countries in Latin America. I had a friend actually who I met in Spain uh, who was doing this program basically. Um, and the mm. next year she actually applied to Ecuador um, and got a place. Um, mind you, That's she didn't really go to. Cool. Yeah, she decided not to. But um, yeah, there's Ecuador. There's, you know, you could go to China. You could go to yeah uh, a lot of places to be honest it's interesting
0: that there's an initiative like this from the council but like I've never heard of it and it it sounds like a very very good opportunity so like obviously we if anyone's listening to this we really do highly recommend that you do this sort of thing if you're interested in languages but it's interesting that I've never heard of this before I feel like they should have they should be pushing this more it sounds like a really unique experience and Mm. I'm, I'm sure did you enjoy it while you were doing it or
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I absolutely love that. I actually reapplied um, Mm. as I as I was, you know, halfway through my year in in Madrid. I reapplied to for next year as well. Um, And the thing is, though, I because you really can't guarantee the place that you'll get um, given. So I actually I I say I was in Madrid, but realistically, I was in a small town uh, called San Lorenzo um, outside Madrid, about 45 minutes uh, by bus um, outside the actual city of Madrid so it was a very random place and a lot of people can get put off by you know getting more or less like I don't know a village or a super small town as their placement Um, and that kind of happened to me the second time I was uh, applying because I got this honestly a a small village of about 1,300 people as its population um, which is like the same size as our school by the way we literally had 1600 students in our school oh, so yeah and <laughs> yeah. um, and it was kind of in the middle of nowhere and at that point I decided you know what I'm just gonna like come back to to England I yeah I won't delay um <laughs> like moving on um but it's, it sounds more unique
0: though because I, I, I suppose like with going Madrid I mean I've been to Madrid as a tourist do you know what I mean for a couple of days but it just felt like oh this is just another major city um Where the people speak a different language and it's a bit sunnier. But I guess if you went to somewhere like San Lorenzo, it's slightly, uh, did it feel more like unique and more authentic to the reality of living in Spain that you were in San Lorenzo? And like, what was it like with accommodation, for example? Like, um, did you stay in like a hotel or did you have like a landlord there for a year or what was that like?
2: Mm, Yeah, good question. So actually, I did decide to stay in the town. Um, It's about a 20,000 person town. So not not incredibly small um and because i knew it was super close to madrid i could you know pop down anytime i i wanted to or needed to so that mm. was peace of mind that um yeah i, I could do that easily um and it, and actually transport in spain is honestly i'm i really um i'm really impressed with how how well thought out it is and how connected everything is from oh
0: god everywhere is better than england i swear to god <laughs> Yo, you yeah. see, Sadiq Khan, I've been onto Sadiq Khan since we started this podcast here. Yeah? I don't want to get into it again, but you see the TFL, I've got problems with you lot. Like. I've got problems with you. I, I, I genuinely agree. I think the Spanish Metro was, I yeah. mean, for the very, very brief, like, what, week that I was there, it was so convenient. I never, like, took an Uber or a taxi or nothing. It's just wherever you want to go is yeah. very well interconnected, as you said. So exactly. I guess that must have made it easier for you.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Because um, I never felt like I was trapped, right, or or stuck in in that town. Um, but honestly, best decision that I made was to live in that town. My the head of the English department, who was um, essentially my well, yeah, I, I suppose manager at that time. She she said that most people who who get placed in their school always choose to live in Madrid, and they, then they just travel daily to to the school, you know, from Madrid to San Lorenzo mm. and back. But um, I decided to live in the town. Um, I lived with a Spanish lady. She was, uh, what well, she was my la- landlady, essentially, but I decided to, to just live with her. Honestly, I moved there not having um, secured accommodation, and I was, I went to see three flats, basically, free, free rooms on, on the day that I, like, landed, literally, in, in Madrid. Um, and I really liked this, this one with this Spanish lady. So I decided to take it and moved in on, on the same day. Um, so yeah, honestly, super grateful and and lucky that it worked out that way. But, uh, yeah, I stayed with her basically the whole year and, um, it was incredible because obviously she only spoke in Spanish, like barely understood any English. So that forced me to communicate with her, uh, always in Spanish. And she was super patient with me and obviously knew that I was, only just learning. I did have a good level moving there. So I can't say that I necessarily struggled or, or mm. remember struggling that much, but um, it was not, you know, my conversations weren't that fluid. I'd still mistake the tenses, etc. So yeah, living, living there definitely helped me. Um, in Madrid, you can actually get away with speaking English. And I did meet quite a few people over the year that had moved there but actually they didn't really make an effort to to focus on spanish or speak in spanish that much so living in the small town knowing that if i ever am stuck on the street you know or in in a restaurant supermarket etc i i would have to turn to spanish so that that was um something that was super helpful like you said definitely um makes a difference to
0: yeah yeah I, I really appreciate uh people who can just you know just be like you know what I'll, I'll deal with it when the time comes so like as you said you didn't necessarily have accommodation but you just went there and said okay I'm gonna you know I'm here now first things first let me get accommodation and you know I, I guess if you do want to learn new things sometimes you do just need to dive yeah. straight into it which is something that like you know as I mentioned i um, I, I'm very. I'm not too good with change, so like I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that. But I do appreciate people who can do that. Um, I think that's definitely like a life skill that people do really need to try and take on board, which is to just kind of do things as as you get the opportunity to yeah. do them.
2: Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I, I was just gonna say, um, like now that you you speak fluent Spanish, or you know, I don't know how fluent I guess, but I'm gonna say fluent Spanish. Do you feel like it's changed how you speak English or or has it not really had an effect? I just, just want to know because I haven't obviously not learned a language as an adult. So I'm just wondering if for someone who might have learned it as an adult, uh, has it changed the way you speak English?
2: Mm, yeah, um, that's yeah definitely an interesting point because I'd say y- yes, but mostly subconsciously. So it's hard for me to to put my finger on it um, or anything. I think it has given me more of an awareness of, of of kind of the differences in let's say grammar syntax or like certain expressions and actually I've caught myself off guard sometimes let's say I, I send a WhatsApp message and then I read it back and I'm like wait that that's actually sounds really Spanish rather than yeah. English and I and I like say to, to whoever I'm texting I'm like sorry I actually meant to like say it like this um, so that has happened to me before um, I can't say it's very regular because naturally yeah, I mean, English is super ingrained in my mind and, and obviously don't have to, to think to speak it, whereas with Spanish I do. Yeah, but if anything, it's it's just given me more um, awareness and, and understanding of differences that I wouldn't normally... And like you guys said earlier, you know, the genders for inanimate objects, right, or inanimate nouns, that's something oh, that right. I yeah didn't have to know before, but now I yeah i do and for example in english i actually call the moon she um because in spanish it's la luna right and Uh yeah i I honestly like for example the moon is out and let's say i'm walking with my friends on the street and i'm like oh my gosh like the uh, the moon's like so beautiful tonight like she's yeah she's so beautiful um so i'd say something like that (laughs) nice (laughs) Uh,
0: you know quick question quick question to both of you do you do you think in english or do you think in well gabby in uh, bulgarian and steve in arabic
1: bro sometimes both like it switches like especially my dreams like, I do notice it in my dreams where like sometimes it's in English and obviously it switches sometimes so but usually in day-to-day it's in English I'm not gonna lie but I do I do switch so that's that's actually a weird thought I never thought about
2: that yeah it's such a like natural switch I agree with you I think for me it's definitely mostly English but I I'm aware that I I do think in both languages yeah um like Speaking to speaking in Bulgarian, for example, at home, I naturally am thinking more in in that language. But yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, yeah, it's definitely a natural switch that you just don't really realize. Yeah.
1: I'd say if it's like more passionate thought, as
0: in like, if it's like anger or something, I'd switch (laughs) for some reason. I don't know why. Do you know what? With me, it just depends on what I'm thinking about. So if I'm thinking about something that relates to my parents, then I think in Turkish. But if it's something that relates to literally anyone else, I think of in English because, you know, the only people who I always speak Turkish with is my parents. Everyone else I I speak, you know, even if it's like a cousin or something, I tend to speak um, more English than I do Turkish so i I, like it really depends on what i'm thinking about but you know i I just want to kind of understand what the base language that your thoughts are in is like for me it's definitely english it's very strange when i was a kid it used to be turkish so i used to have every thought in turkish but then when i had to speak english i'd speak english Uh, but but now as an adult it's completely flipped Mm. Mm-hmm. Especially at like my dreams, they're always in English It's really funny because it'll be like Someone who doesn't know English in my dreams Will speak fluent English, like Shakespearean English So I'm just like, what is the, the psychology behind that That For whatever reason, I, I just see them speaking English in my dreams But yeah. I, I don't know, it's just something I uh, I just thought of I thought I'd give it a quick question um, But moving on, I wanted to kind of um, ask a little bit about uh, accents Because we have noted it down here So do you think that there's like different um, attitudes towards different accents within this country? Like, for example, um, you know, Spanish, French are seen as quite like sexy accents, but um, I know somebody who's got like a heavy, uh, you know, Middle Eastern accent or like a heavy Asian accent would be sometimes mocked. Uh, Do you think that like, do you think there's any credence? in that? I do personally, but I just wanted to ask what you guys think. Hmm.
2: Yeah. I think with accents, it's, it's associations that are attached to a specific accent or you know nationality um etc i think that's what has influenced us from just since we know it basically since since we can speak languages or can read the news or or watch you know tv i think you naturally just become influenced so i'd say as with many uh, other cultural and, and societal associations or stereotypes i think our perception and reaction to different accents is basically just heavily influenced um, by the media. So obviously you've got in films, um, mm. sometimes, you know, you've got a charming British villain, you know, or, or posh British villain. Um, you've got passionate Latin lovers um, in, in love actually as well. You, you've got um, a guy who's able to, to win over, you know, some women just because he pronounces words in a certain way right um yeah
0: by the way andrew lincoln in that movie is an absolute scumbag okay i just want to put that out there. that's my stance on that movie but yeah karen
2: yeah um and uh like borat for example um comedy right you're meant to laugh um he's obviously speaking in a certain accent etc so yeah even i think there was actually an ad on the tube um some years ago that um, it was promoting a trip to to Las Vegas and it said, you know, visit a place where your accent is an aphrodisiac, right? So th- there's obviously, there's certain associations that, you know, the media want us to have with specific accents. And actually, I wonder if, if the people listening to to us right now um, are already imagining or deciding on, on which accent represents what based on their own biases. So, mm. you know, like, let's say... What what accent or nationality comes to your mind when I say words like criminals, villains, you know, the mafia, what about, you know, intelligent or science or funny? I f- I feel like you can associate each of those words with an accent. Um, yeah. And I think that, that just goes to show Yo,
0: Lord forgive me. I just thought of every single word you said, I just thought of a specific accent. So <laughs> I've actually got that bias, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I actually thought of accents when you said that.
1: Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's affected by the media most of it like if you think about it and and it's also like regional so like let's say in the west if we take arabic as an example like even in the um, like that disney film with the uh, prince and the princess um how can i think oh aladdin 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 himself had the british accent and so did the the lady but the, all the villains had a really strong Arabic accent, yeah, which Jeff is very Jafar talking
0: about bring me that Pepsi and stuff like yeah, that. Exactly. Like, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that, that, that's obviously, like, if it was realistic, they would all have the same accent. So there's kind of a framing here, trying to, obviously, um, trying yeah. to, like, frame the bad guys as, you know, being heavily Arabic, etc. But I think if you go somewhere else in the world, like, let's say you go to Turkey, I think the the perception of what Arabic is, is totally different because of the media there for Arabic is, is like the TV shows, you know, the love dramas as, and it's the same wherever you go. So I think the media has a big, big play into this.
0: Do you know what's funny? Um, when I first started uh, uni, I kept getting called the roadman because I didn't used to speak the way I speak now. So even in the past five years, my accents changed yeah. um, because I speak more like prim and proper because, you know, obviously I've moved into like a professional field, and everyone there is like, the, basically the dumbest people I meet on my job are people who've got PhDs, right? That, that's the lowest level that I speak to usually. Everyone else is a professor. So you can't speak to a professor and be like, yo, my slime. Do you know what I mean? You can't, you can't yeah, yeah. speak with a professor like that. So obviously I've had to change the way I speak. Um, but like when I was in uni, they were like, oh, he's a roadman. I'm like, we're, we're in a Russell Group University. I've, I've literally got better grades than you do. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I, like I'm studying uh, neuroscience, for example. What makes you think I'm a roadman? Is just because of the, the way that I spoke and like my accent and so on, these kind of preconceptions came into place. And so, you know, I think uh, even forgetting even just uh, different accents because of language, even different accents because of class kind of changed people's conception of who you are definitely yeah. um yeah. And, and actually like another example is i've got a very uh, heavy kurdish accent so it, it's kind of like the scottish equivalent of turkey where it's quite coarse the the kind of way we pronounce words so like we pronounce the k's like like quite you know uh, heavily and when i went to turkey for the first time to see some family uh i was like i don't know 21 at the time uh, that's when i first went to istanbul uh, saw some family members and literally like five minutes into speaking to them, one of the, one of the you know, my cousins there, she goes, oh my God, you're such a kuddle, which means uh, like you're such a, like a chav basically. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? And she goes, why, why is your accent like that? And, uh, you know, she couldn't believe that I had such a thick Kurdish accent. And so automatically she assumed that I was some sort of chav uh, in her words. Yeah. Um, and it, it was like, uh, I couldn't believe it because I'm like, do you know, like, I've got, I've got research papers out there that have got my name on it, uh, and you're calling me a chav. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? But it's, you know, you can make an immediate um, sort of uh, preconception. You have this immediate, con- like, understanding of, oh, I know who you are just from someone's accent. So uh, I think it's very important that, like, you know, we kind of just touch on it a little bit about what people think when they hear particular accents.
2: Yeah, no, I completely, um, completely uh, agree with that. I think it it literally takes a split second. And it's what our our brain wanders to straight away, we try to make sense of a particular situation or um, whether it be, you know, something visual or or audible. and whether we like it or not, we we do actually all have these hidden biases, um, some that we're more aware of than others. Actually, I'd like to shout out the, um, I don't know if you guys know it, the Harvard Implicit Association test. No, what is that? yeah it's really good so it's um it's a whole project that um they're doing online essentially if you just google um harvard implicit association test it will come up essentially you do this test they collect data from it to understand how different groups of people think about specific um biases or or you know to identify what kind of attitudes people have towards different stereotypes how they fit into those etc so they're they're studying it's quite it's a mass scale study of you know, our thoughts, feelings outside of our own conscious awareness, um, and control. So definitely one to, um, yeah, to do, I, have done it years ago. Um, it'd be quite interesting to see, yeah, what comes up now as well.
1: Mm, that's quite interesting. The, 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 we'll put the link in the description, uh, if people want to give it a try, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how like even languages, well, accents are breaking into class and that can even affect you in life. Uh, obviously we in England we have a load of accents like you, you can either be a northerner a southerner you know what I mean like from west country or wherever and there's all different accents I mean the obvious one is the the brum accent the Birmingham one and we all know the connotations of the Birmingham one isn't so positive so even though they might be like you know really educate people or, or rich people or whatever so it's really interesting
2: yeah and obviously language is is such a unifying um like, aspect in life, right, such a, yeah, um, something that gives us all familiarity and inclusivity, but when you, when you do think about accents, that's actually can be quite divisive, or or can make people, you know, um, start seeing you as different, or maybe even you seeing yourself as different to others, it's, it's quite interesting how we've been able to do that as, as people, Um, yeah, to even find divisive elements in, in language, which is so, you know um unifying
0: so uh just just uh, another quick question um do you feel that like for example gabby when you speak like bulgarian or when you speak spanish that your personality changes um like do you do you see yourself behaving different or is it something maybe that is subconscious so you might not realize but do you feel like maybe you change the way you behave depending on the language you speak
2: Mm. um i feel like i have always thought that i have a different personality in every language that i speak and i suppose it it mostly came like this this idea this thought came around when i did start to to speak spanish a bit more fluently you know um because i suppose growing up with both english and bulgarian and that those two being um ingrained in me for you know since i can remember um, Naturally, the personality, I suppose, with those languages um, was quite, um, I suppose, yeah, like unified um, and difficult to distinguish between. And so when I did start speaking Spanish more, I realized, actually, you know what, I think I have a different personality with the languages I speak. um, I think it's a really abstract thing to think about um, and can't fully put my finger on exactly why that is. And maybe it's not actually having a whole different personality, but rather speaking a specific language accentuates different parts of who you are. Um, Maybe that's a better way of Mm. putting it, because I think the environment in which you learn the languages can be quite powerful. So Bulgarian, I've obviously learned at home, right? Only really speak it with my parents, grandparents, etc. Spanish only speak it with my Spanish friends who are very culturally different to my English speaking friends, for example, who are living in London. And so I think environment plays a huge part. And like you said as well, I mean, you, you adapt um, the way you speak or, or how you are in different situations um, and the same yeah. goes with professional life, you know, um, outside work, etc. Um, for me, I think a big one is, is, is swearing as well. So I actually oh, prefer, yeah. prefer to swear in Spanish than I do in, in either English or Bulgarian. I, I honestly I, I don't know why exactly that is but also between English and Bulgarian I'd actually prefer to swear in English so is it because of the environment that I've learned Bulgarian in I you know speak it with my parents or is it because it's the the mother tongue and and the others I've learned later on when maybe I've had different ideas about life or about swearing I don't know it, it's honestly it's super interesting to consider um, you
0: know the swearing thing is very interesting that you mentioned that because I like to swear in English but when I do swear, when I really get into a full flow, like where I'm like, you know, really giving it to someone, my accent suddenly becomes East London. I don't know why, <laughs> but like, it shifts. Even when I'm speaking, like even when I'm speaking English, my accent changes depending on my mood. And uh, I like, it's weird. Like, as you said, I prefer to speak, I prefer to swear in English. And I just thought of that now. Like, I was just thinking if I was to swear right now, what would I say?
2: Mm. And
0: it was in my head, it was English, which yeah. is very weird.
2: Mm.
0: but I guess it's because you know around your parents you can't swear right I mean if I was to swear around my parents they'd give me a nice whack around the head so that's why that's where I learned Turkish so I guess when I think of swearing I don't my my brain doesn't automatically go there that's probably the reason why I don't know if that is the reason why but you know just assuming but yeah it's interesting that you brought it up actually
2: yeah no exactly um Steve what about you I wonder how, how what your experience is like
1: um yeah, I think I, I delve in between. I I'm the opposite of Aaron, though. Like, if I really get into it, in my or let's say I'm swearing my head, it's always in Arabic. If I really get into it, it's usually it comes out in Arabic. But I do change, like Aaron said, the accent. Like, it gets more harsh in English <laughs> depending on the situation. So, yeah, is this an interesting concept how we adapt depending on the situation, especially not just like the accent, but the the like the um uh. But when you like pronounce things in this particular way, I think that's really interesting. It shows that language is more tonal as well. It's not just about the vocabulary, but it's how you say things in a specific accent or how you adapt. So I, th- I think that's super, super interesting.
2: Yeah, no, completely.
0: I have I have a few more questions. Just um, one of them being, uh, you know, so you travelled a little bit, so beyond even just going to Spain, like I, I, you do tend to travel a little bit. Am I am I correctly making that assumption?
2: yeah yeah uh, for sure i mean i haven't spent longer than uh, a week or two weeks in in different countries but mostly that's
0: good enough man if i spent three days somewhere i say i've traveled so yeah, i'll take <laughs> i'll take a week <laughs> in it but um so can you tell me a little bit about you know when you're going to these different different places different countries or cities or wherever it may be yeah. um what do you find is the easiest thing and the hardest thing to like acclimating to that environment mm.
2: um I think it's it's so interesting when it is for a shorter period of time right because I suppose your motivations are naturally a bit more uh, yeah a, a bit more casual a bit different essentially but I suppose the the difficult things are mostly to do with understanding um the lifestyle or what's you know proper or appropriate so let me just take Italy as an example. Um, me, me and my um, best friend went there, I think last year or the year before that, uh, to, uh, to Turin, Turin, very, yeah, Torino, right? A- a- amazing city, by the way, fully recommend it. Um, we went there and we didn't realize that um, places for, would be closed for lunch, you know, all the way from one till, you know, four or something like that, one to five. So we honestly spent about like an hour and a half walking um, around, you know, three o'clock, trying to find somewhere to eat and have lunch. And we ended up going to McDonald's that was actually located in their um, main train station because <laughs> it was the only viable option, actually. So I think those are the differences that you don't realize, as well as you know, tipping um, at restaurants. We had to Google it and, and understand what's normal to to leave behind, etc. So I'd actually say it's those intricacies in um in lifestyle in in like what uh, local people consider to be the norm that is more um yeah it's trickier to get your head around and and you probably won't realize it unless you speak to a local or unless you google it and find some helpful information um because it's also awkward things to ask sometimes right like hey waiter how much should we tip you (laughs) um so yeah those are definitely the the difficult parts but in terms of language um I've always been really keen to to try and speak in in the language um, of of the country, Um, especially with Spanish. It obviously has helped me to understand quite a bit of Italian. Um, And I was studying basic Italian at the time um, when we went there. So I remember trying to have a conversation with the bus driver. Uh, It was late at night. It was the last bus that we could have possibly taken. So we're all a bit worried if we'd make it back to um, where we needed to be. And we sat right behind the driver. Um, and I was having a conversation with him in you know some broken Italian and throwing in Spanish words from time to time but it really depends on on the effort that you make and and like you said people do understand what you're trying to say um, if they want to so it was that kind of situation um, yeah
1: yeah that bus story reminds me of our bus story in, in
0: Naples we were going oh.
1: back at like 2am <laughs> to the uh, airport
0: that's good yeah, no, no, that was that was a mess. We won't get into that at the moment, but <laughs> um, so like uh Gabby, if when you when you like first moved to just going back to your moving to Spain, um, you know, how did you I know I know you had some understanding of Spanish, but like, you know, you lived with someone Spanish, like uh, the first few weeks must have been a bit awkward. I mean, how did you overcome that initial step of uh, overcoming the language barrier and as you said like there's a lot of different cultural things that you might not know um, mm. when you first go to like another country um, but like how, how did you overcome those sorts of things when when you first went there like let's say if i'm to go to spain now is there something in particular that i should look out for or was where you are you more of a believer of just you know take it as it comes sort of approach
2: yeah um i mean in i'd say definitely more the take as it comes kind of approach because you really it's amazing to have your own experience basically of uh of of your own learning curve basically in a specific country or, or with a specific language but um obviously you know i think common sense does come into it and um i think uh being um creative about how you how you go about learning so in my case, I obviously could ask. Uh, I had a good reference point. I could ask my landlady for quite a lot of advice um, on, you know, where I can get something or, um, yeah, who to speak to about what if if I ever needed help. Um, it was it was interesting because I obviously confused the tenses quite a lot um, when I got there. I didn't have enough vocabulary, so um, I'm. It does help that I'm definitely someone who wasn't shy about trying or, or speaking, you know, in, in, in a foreign language. I know a lot of people have this as an insecurity and, and always shy to, um, even my Spanish friends, they, they didn't want to speak to me in English because they're, you know, worried or a bit, um, embarrassed that they'd say something wrong and mess up or, um, or sound ridiculous or whatever. But I feel like I didn't really have that issue speaking in Spanish. And, um, I think that really helps if you can, you know, somehow, um, get over that, initial level of awkwardness um it really does open doors for you and you realize that actually like making mistakes is totally fine because I I was corrected both by friends by my landlady and that's honestly like was so powerful in in learning um one thing I would say though is that you you are very tired if like trying to speak in another language and trying to um yeah to understand it like it took a lot of brain power and I think this is why people say that um speaking another language or learning another language is basically like a workout for your brain i honestly did feel that yeah um it, it takes- I, don't,
0: I, I don't really know if this is like a british thing but i actively don't try to learn or speak the language when I go, like, on a trip. Was, I, think I think it's you. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, because, you know, you were saying at the beginning, like, some Brit- like, British people, they they don't really think about, like, uh, you know, oh, let me learn this language because they don't think they're ever going to live there or that's whatever. True, that's true. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's because of that or if it's because, you know, obviously growing up, uh, I've had quite a few, like, um, racially charged moments uh, where people have said and done stuff, especially towards my parents because they don't speak the language So like. I don't know, maybe that's caused like a distaste yeah, for me to try and you know speak another language. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. it's like an insecurity or whatever where I just feel like, oh, no, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna do it. Like fuck you sort of thing. Um, <laughs> but like, like, cause like what, what I tend to do is, I, I, if I'm like in Spain, let's say, I'll just go and I'll point at something and then you know that universal uh, uh, sign language for money? I'll be like, that money, how much? Yeah, that's it that's all i that's all i want from you i'll point at a menu item and i'll say that i want it i'm gonna eat it (laughs) like you know that that, that's kind of the approach that i take which i know isn't right i know steve you're right that's absolutely foolish i should try to learn languages i should do all of this thing but as i said a i find it very difficult to learn new languages and b i do have this kind of like mental block that i guess i need to try and get over but i just i always have this kind of belligerent Almost, no, I'm not going to learn it actually. You're you know not going to learn though, the language, but like, I, I, when I do you, understand this wrong.
1: Even though you butcher it, when you take time to actually do it, people appreciate it a lot. So they might treat you, you know, a lot of times like, I'll try. I know I'm not doing well and they probably don't understand that at all, but they appreciate the fact that I'm trying and I'm not just being the typical British tourist where I just go and like assume, you know, everything's going to be handed to me on a plate. And so I get treated better, if that makes sense. And it makes, it, that, that does make sense because they can see that you're not stupid. So, I think I think it's it's good to try at least, but obviously you yeah just out here <laughs> ruining no, our I, reputation. Listen,
0: I, I'll point and say how much. That's it. That's that's my the extent of my communication with the locals. How that goes, but um, actually, you know what? Do you remember Steve again when we went to Naples and uh, we took like a wrong turn and we went into like this kind of dodgy alleyway and I was wearing this fluorescent like oh, t-shirt. And now, and we walked up to these guys who looked rather nefarious. And I was like, I was trying to ask them like directions and stuff. And they honestly looked like they were gonna murder me. And I was just thinking, wow, <laughs> I really wish I knew, I really wish I knew Italian now, because I really didn't know what they were thinking. Um, but yeah, that, that was a that was a very awkward experience. So maybe I should try to yeah, the like... trackie came on real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to take that shirt off real quick. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I guess, uh, I don't know if you have any more questions, Erin.
0: No, no, I mean, uh, if there's anything else that maybe Gabby wants to kind of uh, talk about or um, add on. Any uh, shout outs or...
2: Um, to be honest, I think the, like, the biggest message that um, I want to leave people with who are listening, um, I guess if this can be some sort of <laughs> yeah, closing message, um, if you have ever wondered what it would be like to speak another language or you know, if you've always wanted to learn a new language, but never got around to it, um, I fully back you to start now, I honestly think it's never too late to do that. And you, you will love it, you end up loving it, because it just, um, it's so enriching, right? Um, in, and you'll basically discover um, a new perspective, you know, um, and a whole new World, um, a a new fantastic point of view. <laughs> if I could turn to Disney for,
0: for oh no,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> you, you see Aladdin, yeah, where yeah. where he's he's like I come from a land in a far away place, and then the way he describes it is like yo, don't talk like that because I know you're talking about where I'm from as well. Like I I, I kind of did that, that little that little song there in Aladdin it always it always rubbed me the wrong way.
1: <laughs> too many subliminals but um, <laughs> way too many subliminals i guess we can end it there thank you gab's for coming on and we really appreciate that you took the time out to speak to us on this topic and we hope that the viewers maybe gain a, a great understanding and some confidence in trying to learn a new language and understand what it's like for bilingual people uh, growing up and through their lives and f- thanks for the listeners for supporting us don't forget uh, we have a Patreon a, Patreon account now, so if you'd like to support us even further, you know, less than a cup of coffee a month, as we say, uh, really helps us grow this channel and uh, helps us put on more better content.
0: Oh, also, we will we'll put the links for the uh, both the council thing that um, Gabby yeah. mentioned and for the Harvard thing that she also mentioned. So we'll put the we'll put them into the bios. So if you want to try them out, uh, or if you want to apply for the council thing, or if you want to try out the test for the Harvard thing, then we'll you know. You can always find it in the in the bio. Uh, Steve, why didn't you say? who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand. You. That was bloody brilliant.